Hello again, everybody. QI Punks Data is Revolting Episode 9. And this episode's all about how to build a change team. And I'm actually really happy to be doing this one right now. I had a couple of weeks of break where I didn't record any episodes. And then last week I was in Florida for the NAEMSP annual meeting. Um, and I was speaking uh, during the quality and safety uh, pre-conference, um, just about data improvement and things like that. And, and my specific thing I was talking about was stakeholder engagement, which is another fancy way of saying how to build your change team. So uh, really good timing for me on this one. Hopefully this works out well, and we will be a go as soon as the music plays. If you graph the numbers of any system, patterns emerge. All right, full steam ahead on episode nine. So we've been talking a lot so far about uh, building the tools for improvement, um, how to analyze data, how to count things how to display them over time so that they make sense when other people look at them, um, how to understand variation and things like that. Um, we've got a little bit into the other people that you might need to interface with, and that's really what we're going to spend the time on today. Um, you know, you, you can get a certain amount done by yourself, but if you really want to get a lot of work done, if you want to make really, really big changes within a system, you're going to need a team. Um, a lot of the really, really big projects are going to cross over like hierarchical boundaries. So if you are a frontline worker within a system, um, if you really want to drive change, you're going to need people above you, either a direct supervisor, uh, manager, somebody within the organization um, that'll put kind of an executive stamp or a leadership stamp on what you're doing. Um, it's really important. If you're a leader within your organization, you need people, you know, quote unquote, down the chain. I'm not a big fan of hierarchy, but that's how we commonly describe this stuff. So frontline workers, people who actually touch the, uh, the end result of the product are going to need to be on your team. And uh, so, you know, having folks in a variety of levels within your organization, you also might need to reach out beyond whatever agency or group that you work in and start getting in touch with people who who don't work for your agency, but touch parts of the process. So uh, this past week, we've been working on a case study for the quality and safety pre-conference uh, that I was teaching with. And what we were working on was, um, you know, when someone has a heart attack, someone has what's called a STEMI. If you're not familiar with healthcare, uh, so effectively a blood vessel in your heart has closed off, and then you need to get uh, a cardiologist at a hospital to pop it back open. Um, it's often done sometimes with balloons um, or with these mesh metal stents. Um, you may have heard people talk about that before. Um, and so, you know, there's really no one group or one agency that controls that whole thing. There are, you know, dispatchers involved in 911 calls and fire departments that show up and render first uh, first response care. And then ambulances that do transport and ER staff and cardiovascular services folks, um, cath lab teams, cardio or cardiologists, cardiac, cardiac surgeons potentially. So there's a whole group of people that you are going to need to interface with potentially. And you need all of these folks to be a part of your change team. You're going to have to work on building that team so that you can have a group of people. So in, in 
you know, in my case, I work for the ambulance company. There's part of that process that's completely ours. And we could optimize our part of that process. And our part of the process is just a slice. There's this whole other you know, group um, that makes up, you know, easily more than 50% of the process that we have nothing to do with. So if we really want to make big change for our patients, we want to make like long lasting systemic change for our patients, we are going to have to go out and um, draw these folks in and get them engaged in this, in this project. So when you're doing that and, and, you know, we've talked about, you could do a lot of PDSAs by yourself. You can work on, um, you know, improvement projects in isolation like that. As you start to develop your knowledge, and we talked about how PDSAs are just ways that you build knowledge. You, well, let me make I statements. I have a tendency to get kind of fixed in my beliefs on things because I've, I've, generated a lot of information. I've learned a ton. I've learned about what works and I've learned about what doesn't. And so sometimes then when I'm ready to, to reach out to these other groups um, and to engage folks, um, sometimes I have a tendency to really look to just share my idea and say, hey, isn't this a great idea? Don't you want to do this awesome thing I'm doing? Um, I like to call that looking for compliance. So I've got a great idea and I would love to get your compliance with my idea. Um, and that's not always the best way to engage other people. Um, really, what you want to do is you want to reach out to other people and you want to look to make a connection, um, make a connection with this other group or with these other people, um, because you need them to start sharing their ideas, their change processes, their lens on things. No matter how smart I might be about any one topic or how well educated I am or how well experienced I am, my lens on any particular problem is just that. It's my lens. Um, And no matter what, it's incomplete. Um, Everybody's lens is incomplete. And so I, I really need other people to share their lens. So I need them to help refine. I need to help them or have them feel comfortable putting in their ideas, having them share change ideas share ways that they think we could get better at things. Um, And if you're going to lead a change project and if you want to build a change team, you are going to do a lot of listening. Um, And when you start listening to things, maybe you're putting together groups and you have, you know, two other groups that are maybe at different sides of this thing and they start pushing back against one another. You know, we always, everybody's afraid of pushback. One, don't be afraid of pushback. Pushback is actually really healthy. Um, it's a it's a natural thing that people do. We're often really resistant to change ideas. So as you listen and you hear people starting to resist ideas or you hear people starting to push back, the best thing you can do to build your team and to push things forward is to be curious. So when people push back, when people resist against you, respond with curiosity. Ask lots of questions. Sometimes the best question to ask is what is it that you're seeing that makes you makes you think that? So if, you know, I were to go to someone and say, hey, I, I, I think we need to, you know, speed up this part of the process. And they say, oh, that's not possible. There's no way for us to be able to speed up that part of the process. My question is, OK, what, what is it that you see? What is it that's part of your reality that makes you think that that makes you think that it's not possible um, and really engage people in talking? Um, it's a really disarming strategy. A lot of times people aren't used to that because usually when people approach you, if a leader approaches you or a supervisor approaches you, they're often coming to get your compliance with their idea. So don't do that. 
um, go to people to solicit their feedback. So like, yeah, what is, what is it you're seeing that, that makes you think that? What barriers do you face in us trying to do the thing that we're trying to do? Um, it's really, really important. Um, people like it. Um, if you've ever had a leader that does that with you, you, you know, having experienced that, you know how great that is when someone comes to you and says, hey, here's a thing that we're trying to do. Do we agree on the big picture? Absolutely, we agree on the big picture. Um, healthcare is kind of simple in that regard, um, that most people who get involved in healthcare agree on the big picture, which is taking care of people doing the right thing for the right reasons, helping improve health, reducing, 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 that's a, I'll, I'll see if I can make that into a real word later, reducing pain and suffering. Um, and we all agree on that stuff. It's, it's when we get into the strategy around that, that we tend to have some disagreement. Um, and so asking people like, what barriers do you face that prevent you from being able to accomplish the big picture goal that we're looking on. So um, as you do that, you're going to find that you've got this team uh, being put together, you know, cross cross discipline team, um, teams from different agencies, teams up and down the hierarchy. And as you start to do this more and more, when you when you get beyond like the three and four person teams, it's really important to pick a communication strategy. Um, in a perfect world, we would all sit in a room together and we would share ideas and we would all be able to spend you know an hour every day just on our change project. And that's not the reality for most of us in our in our work lives. We have tons of pressures, we have tons of commitments, tons of obligations. And so you might end up needing to do a lot of remote um, work with teams. Or if you're the leader, you might interface with people one-on-one, -on -one, but need to share back a lot of information with the group. Sometimes email works really well for that, sometimes not. Um, email is okay for kind of one-way communication or back and forth with a couple of people. But if you start to get beyond four or five people, that reply all button is, is a, is a bugger, um, to put it in a way that's consistent with my curse reduction strategies that we talked about, uh, and some other ones, there, there's things that have acronyms with like M and F that I might use, uh, to, to choose other things. Uh, but there are tools out there. There's, there's lots of tools. I don't, I don't have any financial stake in any of these, but uh, like a platform like Slack can be really important, uh, or really helpful for, for helping a team share information. So, you know, when you're going to go out and you're going to interface with your team, don't just look for agreement. Don't just find people who agree right off the bat with all your ideas and go, oh, sure, no problem. I'm going to, I'm going to go on board with you. Um, you need to find people with different lenses. It's actually really helpful to have a couple of people who, when you first approach them and say, here's the thing we're trying to do, they say, absolutely, that won't work. Good. That's the person I want on my team. I want the person who thinks this can't work. So as I start to talk to them about what are they seeing that prevents my idea from working, I will start to gain knowledge that I don't have before. Because if I thought it wasn't going to work, I wouldn't be trying it. And they see it's not going to work. So I'm, I'm going to gather new information from a different lens. I will find out things that I don't see. I'll find barriers that I need to overcome. Um, and it's really incredibly helpful for building a robust and sustainable system change um, within within any idea that we have, within any uh, problem that we see. So I kind of to recap, you know, you need a team, go out and build a team, use a lot of curiosity, listen a ton, ask a lot of questions, because a lot of people out there know a lot of things about the processes they touch. 
Um, and you probably don't have nearly that comprehensive of a knowledge all by yourself. You might be an expert at a couple of things. You might be really, really good at improvement strategies. But for this specific topic, whatever it is that we're trying to solve, you need them and their lenses. So go out there, engage with people. You know, you can accomplish a little bit by yourself. But if you get a team of really highly motivated and engaged people, you can change the entire world. Um, and with that, we're going to leave it. Uh, next episode, episode 10, we're going to talk a lot about culture versus strategy, which is also one of my favorite talks. So I will see you on the next one.